So welcome to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast, sponsored by Alltag, and thanks to our supporting partners, 3X Logic, Aura, Lodge, and Intrepid. Now, my guest this week is Stuart Lodge. Now, Stuart is CEO of Lodge Service International, a 100-year-old, third-generation, family-owned business. Now, the word is without doubt often overused, but dare I say, Stuart is a genuine legend of the industry and uh, I'm absolutely delighted that he is my guest this week so Stuart welcome. Thank you Paul, Um, thanks for inviting me on, Uh, thanks for the opportunity. So no always a pleasure. Now before we get going and get into sort of any specifics around the business and you I want you to think way back when young Stuart in his short trousers at school staring out of the window what was the actual intended career what did you what did young Stuart actually want to do was it always to be you sort of into the family business or was there maybe another calling early on um yeah good question um I suppose at school um no one really has much of a clue um you know you're all getting through and getting your education done and um trying to keep your head down and keep everything sort of um, on the straight and narrow. Um, as far as aspirations are concerned, I, did, I do remember I did one of those um, psychometric tests um, and it came out that I was going to be an artistic policeman. <laughs> so okay. I, don't quite know, I don't quite know what that means. Um, but in a weird way, I'd followed that path a little bit. So initially, um, on leaving school, uh, went, to, went to uni um, and then... I joined um, uh, an art school in Brussels. Oh, wow. I learned, which is a bit diverse. Um, I learned how to do interior decorating and paint effects. So it was like um, wood and, um, and fake marble and all those bits and pieces. I did that for about six months. Um, I, I thought I'd pursue that. I was also a horse trainer for a bit. Uh, again, quite random. Um, and, um, and then... Yeah, dad's business was there um, and the lodge business was there in the background. He, to his credit, never really pushed me into it. Um, and I showed some interest and, um, and, and did do part-time work in the business. Um, and I remember a friend of his saying, well, Stuart, you know, you're actually you know, very fortunate. Um, you know, if you do get on board um, with the family business, um, you know, you can steer it in any direction that you want it to go. And if you've got passion in certain areas, you can follow that. Um, and my father was very much um, into encouraging me to be autonomous in um, making my own decisions, choosing my own path. Um, and I had started with the business, but I wasn't really getting great satisfaction. Um, and I remember a friend of his saying, well, don't jump off a moving train, you know, just um, keep keep driving it forward, keep seeing where it's going to take you. And you'll find if you're entrepreneurial and you're looking at changes in the sector, then you can take it in any direction that you feel passionate about. So it wasn't my original plan, but I didn't really have an original plan. Um, but that's that's how I started joining and getting, getting involved in the business and how I joined. So who knows, maybe maybe there's still opportunity for the uh, interior design part of the business to 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 float back into the world. I don't know. We'll we'll watch this space with interest. Yeah. Well, I, I enjoy certainly I enjoy the creativity bit. Um, you know, I like 
putting the businesses together. I like um, I like the interviewing and incentivizing people and like the design aspects, enjoying what's ha happening with the whole social media explosion. Um, so there's still a combination of fight fighting crime and being artistic at the same time. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I mean, you know, one of the one of the benefits, I guess, like you say, you can steer it. So in terms of the business, Lodge Service, incredibly well known uh, within the UK and, and South Africa. I know that's where you're sat today talking to me. But for those that don't know the business, and there must be one or two people out there, um, give, give us a little overview. Uh, touch on the background, the size, scope, areas of operation, expertise. Just just put it all in a nutshell for us. Um, so, you know, you kindly um, called me a legend. I certainly don't see myself um, as that. Um, have been in the business since the late 80s. Um, the As far as the business is concerned, we were founded by my grandfather back in 1919. Um, and there are various stories around it. One um, goes along the lines of um, my grandfather had a hot dog stand in, in Atlanta. And he had a business partner, and every weekend, you know, when when he went away, and it was um, particularly at a weekend, his business partner was running the stand on his own. He comes back after the weekend, and the takings were really poor. Um, so the following time he he took a break, he brought a, a bunch of his friends together, gave them a few dollars, and said, "Right, on the hour, each hour, I want you to visit the the stand." and buy half a dozen hot dogs each. Um, and I'll meet up with my business partner, we'll see how the trade was. So after the break, he comes back, meets his business partner, how was trade? Oh, it was shocking. And um, you know, it was raining and we didn't get any action. Um, and by all accounts, um, that's where test purchasing as a concept of sending shoppers in to make purchases and test the integrity of the till system and the stock system. That's how it was formed. Um, so that's way back when, as the kind of as my grandfather had founded it. Um, I suppose even to this day, we're um, we're quite a well kept secret. Um, we're we're not the biggest player on the on the street. Um, we like to have the strong fa family ethic behind us. Um, we like to look after our customers, do a good job. Um, haven't been used to shouting about it um but in these days again social media and all the rest of it um you need to be shouting about it and that's as much to attract good staff as it is to um, give your customers a sense of us being innovative and progressive and um and all of that so lodge going back to that in, in summary um, yes, I'm in South Africa at the moment. Um, I'm building the South African business. Um, the management team um, bought it out about just over a decade ago. Um, I got back involved um, about 18 months ago and I've been building it again. Lots of the same people that are um, around then are still with us, luckily. Um, and now introducing some services from Western Europe, from the UK, um, looking to innovate, growing the business here, and, and really exciting opportunities over here. Um, in the UK, which has always been uh, my base, so I joined the business back in 87, um, and I worked my way through the business. I think I was a 
test purchaser to start with. I worked a bit as a undercover operative in a warehouse. Um, I did some, you know, loss prevention work, looking at procedures, and, um, and literally worked my way through. Um, restarted the guarding division um, back in the mid '90s. Um, we did have a very strong store detective team looking after the original co-op and um, an army and navy. Uh, we had a big team with them. Um, and it's just what I've found over the years is um, buying patterns fluctuate a lot. Um, so today it might be undercover investigations or test purchasing or, um, or systems um, consulting. Um, tomorrow, who knows, with the way that AI is moving, um, it's all going to be quite interesting. So going back to the rest of the group, um, we do have all of those services still. Um, I Last count, we've got 16 different businesses within the group. We operate a um, strong operation in uh, Republic of Ireland, uh, operate throughout the UK, uh, Austria, parts of Western Europe, um, obviously, as I said, South Africa. And yeah, you know, um, so we'll be growing in size quite nicely, um, certainly on a trajectory of about 15, 20% a year. Um, and currently just around 2,000 employees. You see, there you go. And it sounds like that march towards global domination is 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 well underway, actually, Stuart. There was a, a few more countries there listed than, uh, than perhaps even I realised that you were operating in. So, uh, yeah, well, I, should, I should wait to see uh, the little Lodge service logo on security guards on CNN and Sky News uh, in even more territories in the uh, in the coming months. <laughs> Hopefully for the, for the right reasons. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I'm interested, you, you mentioned there, I think it's about 30 years, if you like, that you've been leading the business. And I know the whole point you sort of alluded to is that you could put your stamp on it. I'm just interested, how do you think, I know you said, you know, sort of buying patterns changed, but how has the market and lodge changed in the last 30 years? Was it was it a simpler time back then is that fair to say is it a more complex relationship with clients now um a number of changes um so i suppose going back a little further to, to my father's time he actually stopped growing the uk operation back in the 60s and 70s when we were looking at um, a three-day working week we were looking at rail strikes we were looking at um, coal miners strikes um, we were looking at um, massive, massive um, income tax um, increases. Um, so part of his objective was to move them and grow the business outside the UK. So then when I started in the, in the 80s, um, it had stagnated a little bit. But what we were concentrating on was that test purchasing, was the loss prevention work, was, I suppose, looking at the retail retail checkouts um, from a customer's perspective. And then when we were finding um, offenders or, um, or non-compliance, then we were moving around to the other side of the till um, to find out the procedural errors. So a lot of the work that we were doing into the 90s was, was predominantly around those procedures. So looking at stock loss, looking at shrink, trying to understand the whole kind of compilation of shrink of internal external process failure and it tended to be that last one the process failure that was actually 
um, you know, the hidden treasure. Um, and we find that by really tightening up on the procedures and working with good store managers and working with good systems, um, it makes a, makes a hell of an improvement. So then looking at the evolution of the services, um, going back into the late 80s, we had a, a database of 60,000 people who'd been dismissed for gross misconduct in the UK retail sector, um, primarily built, built up from test purchasing. So we would find somebody who was working in a bar, working in a heel bar, working in a, any sort of environment where it's cash um, orientated, where it's you know, stock controls difficult um, and where it's semi-skilled in that, you know, if you find somebody who's been working in that trade, they're more likely to be re-employed. So the database we built was actually then identifying, you know, continual um, habitual offenders. Um, but some of these services wouldn't, wouldn't float these days. Um, and so looking at test purchasing, then you have the advent of EPOS, um, you, everything got a lot more um, technical and the ability to be able to identify um, you know, um, fraud at the point of sale um, reduced a lot. Um, so now fast forwarding 40 years, um, we're developing um, a data mining tool with Transpy um, where we're looking at all sorts of triggers um, in a retail environment. And that might be backdoor openings, it might be cash office, it might be shelf edge, it might be any sort of sweeping or any any type of analytics that um, we're, we're picking up through CCTV, we can then track and monitor. So it's funny that that sort of evolution from test purchasing where we're sending people in, now <clears throat> the actual use of manpower is getting more and more prohibitive um, for the retail sector. You know, this year we'll have another 10% increase on um, on living wage. And besides that, there's a there's a supply shortage. Um, and, and with the increasing cost, you look at just on a minimum minimum wage um, cost with holiday and national insurance on a on a 24/7 operation. Um, um, it's costing it's costing the customer over one hundred and ten thousand pounds. So something needs to give, and we all need to be thinking of better ways of innovating and better services. And so, going over the time, um, I, I go I go back to even the kind of um, early two thousands um, where I invested in a face recognition product, um, and that was. Uh, 2009, 2010, and at the time, everybody was blocking it. Um, you know, it's not you know, it's Big Brother Watch, it's not compliance, it's GDPR this, it's, you know, a privacy that. Um, and these days, there seems to be more of an appetite for it. It seems to be a really strong tool in the box, and people are coming around to that, that way of thinking again. So, yeah. Things are changing all the time. Cool. It, it, it is interesting. You uh, you mentioned a moment ago there, uh, you know, in the sixties and seventies, a three day working week and rail strikes. I thought you were describing twenty twenty three in the UK. There, uh, it's uh, yeah, it, it's amazing. Well, it, 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 certainly, very interesting in terms of South Africa as well. So you've got the strikes going on in the UK, um, and then in South Africa, you've got what's called load shedding. So there's a massive electricity shortage in South Africa. Um, and 
today, I think we're at stage five load shedding um, and it's moving around from stage four to stage five. And each time it's the, the power, it's um, switched off for two hours. Um, so imagine running a retail store in that, um, but also all the other challenges of you know, trying to trying to commute, trying to um, communicate with colleagues. So yeah, going back to the um, 60s and 70s, you know, three-day working week. Um, well, we're all working remotely these days, and um, and you can tune in online and and pick your working week pretty much with flexibility. Um, the rail strikes in the UK, um, and also the um, and the electricity failures um, that we were seeing in the UK that drove to us to a three-day working week. We're now seeing in other parts of the world. So, yeah, new 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 challenges, new days. For every type of business, the power of a data-driven security video management system designed to give you total control anywhere, anytime, 3X Logic. Now, interesting, one of the things I kind of think I picked up on there is, if you like, the evolution of the business from completely people-based. So do you see the future of Lodge Service and, and the offering to retail being a sort of blend of people and technology is that what people uh, are asking yeah, for is absolutely. that where it's going 100 percent. so part of our ethos is understanding our customers wants um and then aiming to apply the right solution to it and that's what we've always done so whether it's customer coming to me saying stuart i've got a pain here um and us diagnosing that and then coming up with the right remedial action has always been part of it and similarly you know, I've got a responsibility to the next generation and, um, and to make sure that, you know, the company carries on um, you know, through and beyond my time. So we've constantly got to evolve. Um, and certainly I see, as I said before, the, um, the constant um, inflation in wages, um, um, the constant challenges there in terms of supply um, will mean that um, we have to innovate, we have to adapt. Um, and in order to meet that, uh, we've been working, as, as, as you just said, um, on this blended solution for the last, oh, as I said, I started, started with face recognition in the end of the 2000s. Um, and since then, we've, um, we've gone heavily into technology. Um, we're looking, and, and what I always wanted to do is, was to see how we can work smarter. So for me, it was more about how can we cluster great technology um, to help us work smarter. So it's not just about throwing manpower at it. Um, it's more about having intelligent manpower, high quality manpower on the street, um, supported by a high level of intelligence. So we're doing one of a few things. Um, we're, we're mapping customers' portfolios. We're looking at their kind of level of risk. Um, we're working with them on their budgets seeing how we can allocate resource according to risk. And it's a, it's a same old story that we've been um, talking about for a while, but we've, we do work closely with our customers and, um, and look to um, almost adapt the budget to suit um, and make sure that we've got the right solutions that we can bring into, into play. The blended one is about smart manpower, as I said, with a bit of risk assessment and risk to resource mapping, but supported by that um, 
AI supported by that remote monitoring. Um, and yeah, it's getting really exciting. Um, every single day, um, I'm finding out from a team that somebody's come up with a new piece of technology that we can then apply and, um, and we can integrate it and see how it can you know, track people, um, track you know, movements of stock, track you know all sorts of different um, movements. Um, it might be vehicles, it might be potential um, offenders, looking at gait patterns, looking at behavioral patterns. And that's, and that's fun. I mean, you know, it's, um, it's a constant um, challenge, there's constant changes that are going on out there. And, and we can work with these people and say, okay, um, can we use your technology and apply it this way and work with you on this? And, and these relationships are getting more and more universal. Uh, we've got it with technology providers and we've got it with, with manpower providers now throughout the world. Um, and that's opening up opportunities. And it does mean that we can be a bit more international. Um, we can work a lot more broader, um, but be able to gather that intelligence and share it with our customers and say, well, okay, have you thought about doing it this way? And, um, and let's work with you on this. And that's, that's fun. So, so I've got to ask you, so you're looking at these new technologies. What's the, what's the one that gets you most excited? Is it that facial recognition is about to become acceptable? Is that the right word and widespread? Or is there something else that you've seen that you go, my goodness, be that's going to transform what we can deliver and make customers excited? Um, certainly on the, on the tech side, uh, we're seeing efficiencies of how we can work smarter. So tracking, biometrics, visibility. Um, on the remote monitoring, there's, yeah, there is great AI in terms of triggers. Um, so again, we can work a lot smarter and we're not just looking at live footage um, where you can identify an incident, be it um, um, an EPOS, a point of sale incident, or um, you know, uh, us monitoring um, self-service checkouts and stuff like that. All these, all these challenges that come up in retail, um, there are solutions out there. And we, we look at those, we um, adapt those, we apply those. Uh, you know, there are so many, Paul. It would be hard to um, really put my finger on one. Um, they're coming out thick and fast. Um, what I enjoy is the, the managed service aspect of it. So if I can um, bring technology, I don't mind if it's not ours, certainly. Um, if I can bring that technology and, um, and the final outcome is that we can ultimately provide a, a better service, a more tailor-made service, then yeah, that, that excites me. Um, yeah, every single day there's um, there's different stuff coming out, um, and it's you know even even today, um, my son works in financial PR, and he said, "Oh, Dad, have you seen this one that um, tracks um, you know um, footfall coming into stores, but also more importantly, returning customers." Um, oh, really? Okay. And he, yeah, and he, he sent me the link on that, and we're we're looking at that and. Um, and there's, you know, there's daily um, new stuffs coming up, and um, and it's you know, it makes makes the job more exciting. I, I think there's a there's a, uh, a relatively high end retailer, shall we say, sells lots of well known brands in the UK, and um, uh, they could do with that returning customer because uh, I get I despair at their shocking customer service, and uh, and and so I'll 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 make an introduction to it. You need to go and talk to them about it because. 
they're happy to sell you an expensive pair of jeans but my goodness me it's a, it's like a sales prevention agent that they deploy on you every time you I walk think, in flannels and if you're I, and I think, you i'll name you <laughs> um yeah happy happy to um meet and discuss um potential solutions but i think um reflecting on it from a manpower perspective again um i think we're getting to that stage where um manpower can be procured on demand um whether it's a loss prevention expert, whether it's a mobile response, whether it's a call out, whether it's a security officer, um, supported with great new technology um, applied in the right right sort of circumstances. I think, well, we all know that there'll continue to be a, a bricks and mortar element of retailing um, mixed with a, a, um, a fair bit of online. Both of them give us great opportunity. Um, I see sometimes in retail stores where our security officers might be almost like a, the most um, common feature there um, and they're the first person that a customer sees when they walk into the store so to a certain extent you know we have to hold our hand up and say right okay we need to take responsibility for some of this customer service um, and we also need to you know, set the right tone as far as um, the arriving customers concerned um, and then there's a little tech piece there, a big tech piece there, where we can make sure that everything from the, you know, the routers, the escalators, the till systems, the power, um, and we can be a, a caretaker, come greeter, come um, support function um, in within the retail, physical retail store. Yeah, I, it's definitely yeah, you're right that you know that front of house and meet and greet is off often the security partner, such as a lodge. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm reassured because, I mean, you've seen it as well. You know, it can be a shocking experience or be an outstanding experience and it reflects on the retailer, doesn't it? So, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. I, I remember going into um, Bloomingdale's um, and it wasn't, wasn't sadly, it wasn't one of our officers, um, but there was a, a greeter there in top hat and tails um, that was phenomenal um, and they uh, would literally charm personified and would approach all the customers and say, welcome to Bloomingdale's. And they're almost like a rolling permanent advert. And I think we need to, we need to pick up on some of that. We need to drive quality. We need to make it an aspirational role. Um, we need to integrate that customer service element into security. And they say, you know, um, good customer service is good security. If there's a shoplifter who feels as though they're being observed, you can turn it into a customer service experience and um, and deter the shoplifter or encourage the legitimate shopper um, by showing them some attention. So we've we've been developing more into this Sable Watch type model um, where we're driving the standards, driving the quality up, um, making sure that we're we're pushing the boundaries there in terms of quality as opposed to um, um, a low price commodity um, and. Yeah, long may long may it continue. Now, normally I'd ask somebody, or oh, what what does the next one, three, five years look like for your business? But it, it that seems the wrong question. It's probably got to be what does the next five, thirty, and hundred years look like for, for lodge service? You know, you spoke about that you know, succession plan, if you like. What where is where is the vision on that? Where where do you see the business going in the in the in the long term? Um yeah, tricky one. Um, 
you know, like my father, I haven't I haven't looked um, pushed my children into it. Um, I've uh, um, I'm fortunate in that they are two are still in further education. One's um, got a master's, as I said, now in um, financial PR. Um, in great jobs, oh, he's in a great job, um, and I mean, I will certainly keep them involved and show them what's going on, not not push them, hope that they come in. Um, as I found out over time, being able to steer in a direction that you steer a business in a direction you want it to go um, with full entrepreneurial and um, and you know creativity. Um, is a really exciting prospect for any person with um, with that flair and personality. Um, and then they can take it forward. Um, um, the new generation are a lot more technical than we are. Um, well, I'll speak for myself. Uh, <laughs> not you, obviously. Um, so things are moving so fast. Um, I, I couldn't predict past the next um, six, eight months. Um, from my side, part of our objectives are to keep driving that blended solution, um, to keep pushing into that smarter ways of working internally and externally. Um, we've got some further international growth um, on the horizon where we're looking to open into um, a few new countries this year. Um, as far as South Africa is concerned, um, looking forward to retail risk, Cape Town, um, quick plug for you, Paul. Um, and we'll, we'll be bringing some customers um, along with us. Um, what's quite exciting is if I can bring some learnings from Western Europe and into different countries and vice versa, um, that creates opportunity both ways. And, um, and that's, that's always good news. So 100 years, I certainly couldn't comment. Um, you know, I'll, I'll only speak for the next um, few years, and that will be... Um, better ways of working, more technology, more blended services. Um, as far as the future of Lodge, it's, you know, I quite like the fact that we're a family business. Um, there's been a lot of consolidation at the, at the higher ends. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens at the smaller security company ends um, with increasing um, inflation, interest rates. Um, traditionally, most um, Guarding companies would um, leverage heavily, um, invoice discounting and the like. Um, interest rates go up, you know, one two percent. The um, profitability isn't there in the businesses. So, what we'll see is further consolidation um, and some of the larger companies getting bigger. Um, you know, certainly I'd like to. Well, I feel there's a strong place for that family-based. Um, service-based role for us at the kind of mid-market um, and the opportunities there for us to bring new technology, bring um, bring better ways of working, working closely with our customers um, and I'll make it continue. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, you know, as an industry, there is quite a lot of, is turmoil the right word? You know, sort of companies disappearing, reappearing. Uh, acquisitions and to have that family-owned business running for so long and like you say you do seem to have carved out a terrific place in that mid-market with a well-known name uh, I, I think you know long may it continue I think it's good for the industry to have you there um, I think you are one of the best you are the Bloomingdale's meter and greeter Stuart oh. uh, in, in terms of driver you know 
so I mean, you could never do undercover or test purchases now because it'd be like sending in Robbie Williams or Carly Minogue to do a test yeah. purchase almost. It's so easy, I don't. Yeah, I think I can get away with a few. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it's been absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much for the insight and that sort of gallop through the business. I do wish you every success. I know we're going to see you at Retail Risk Cape Town in person in March. Very excited uh, about the return of that and some great yeah, international speakers as well, as you say, to bring in learnings from around the world. But for now, Stuart, it's been amazing. Have a fabulous rest of the day and I'll see you in person very, very soon. Brilliant. Thanks, Paul. Take care. Take care. Bye.